0: We're here on the k Podcast, Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Michael here Detroit DetroitLions.com as we talk, as I, I, I'm saying this for the first time, NFL Draft Week. Hello, Michael.
1: Hello, Kenny Brown. I thought every week was NFL Draft Week. And you know what? What's so special about this
0: week? And I'm going to get to that right off the bat.
1: Sure.
0: There should be a one mock draft rule for people <laughs>
1: well, per year.
0: Not you, because you got mostly. a site and you have to update yours, but I'm saying, I have been you've been covering it longer than me, but just say we both have been around since basically, well, you've been around longer. You've been around since the basis of the Mel Kiper draft, Nick stuff. That was like the 80s early you know, mid-80s or whatever. And he was with ESPN, I think, he said this is his 32nd year or something. So, anyway, everybody and their mama got a mock draft now. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has this. It's okay. I'm fine with it. But after a while, Mike, about two weeks ago, I was mocked out. I mean, Jesus! Every day was mocked. It was a different mock, and after about the first five or six picks, I I I, I just lost interest.
1: Well, I haven't lost interest because I I I enjoy it. But you know, for example, I look at I I look at one of the sites. It's a national site too. It's not just somebody's backyard or somebody's basement. They've got four mock drafts, four different guys, and they're all different. I get that. Maybe you know, maybe the first couple of picks everybody would, but they're all different. And then a, and two weeks later, they're all different. I mean, mock drafts are coming out in, in November. Yeah. it
0: will be one out. There's these
1: mock drafts, just for reference, Kenny, about two months ago. When I was putting together my first match to see what other guys are thinking. And I'm looking at this, and I go, boy, this doesn't look, look very good. It was a, it was sent out in November.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and was, first thing I should have looked at. They'll be
0: out. They'll be one out uh, Saturday or Sunday after the draft is over. Saturday after the draft is over, the early for next year, and it's just it's, it's just, the way too early. Draft. It's just crazy, man, and and yeah, the
1: way too early draft. I'm
0: gonna tell you right now, if you have the time, not you, Mike, but if you have the time, I'm talking to people out there listening. To do a seventh round mock draft, and you do all seven rounds, you are a loser of oh. all losers. Because one pick takes the whole thing. Why? Would, I I just can't even see somebody taking the time to do a 7, seven round. Do every pick, rounds. the whole pick, pick. Five. Why? Why? So, I'm mock draft out. But when, it, I, as you can tell, with the energy I got today, when it's draft week, that's when I get into it. Now, and I I've been following this draft. I remember I used to order Mel Kuyper's book. When it was, I think it was thirteen dollars hey, or something. I'm looking at
1: my, my stack of Joel Buxton's books right now. Yeah, I used to. I, right in front of me. I used to get Joel those books.
0: books, and I tell you how how long ago I used to do it. The first time I ordered one of Mel's books, he was on Sports Rap. Show goes off. He leaves the number to call Frank. I think Frank did the interview, Frank Beckman. And um, I called like that, an hour later. Mel answers the phone. He he did his own, you know. He did his own sales, but yeah. he was the salesman. He was the he did it all. So when you guys talk about Mel Kiper and you don't like whatever, Mel
1: put the work in.
0: Whatever you think of Mel, put the work well, in. Well,
1: Kenny, I think you said this too a couple, you know, a few years ago. You said that, you know, just the explosion of interest in in, in, in my drafts, are, goes straight back to Mel Kiper and Joel Buxbaum. Those are the guys who made it made it popular for the for the average fan. And I, and I hate to say this, but I agree with you. And you know, the, the other guys like you know Rick Goss and our friend of the California mm-hmm. News and all that gave you a little more substance than than than, than Mel did. Joel Buxbaum was a, was a was a junkie. He really yeah, was. But he never
0: left the apartment, right? And then he was basically that's what he did twenty four seven. I think
1: he had some sort of illness. Yeah, but, but was, I mean, he was twenty
0: four seven draft. Yeah,
1: and I think and I was you know, was, uh, 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 you know the, the general managers and coaches would call him back. They revered him. They really did. Tell
0: that story about Belichick and him. Oh, uh, Bill Belichick.
1: I think, I think Belichick spoke at his funeral. I think it was. Yeah. Something didn't you like say he,
0: call, he used to call him and ask him stuff? And
1: well, he, he did that with Rick Gosling. Yeah. Rick called called him one time and wanted to ask him what he thought about this receiver. He said they were playing him at the, this quarterback at Kent State. He said they were playing him. He, he worked out today at, at at wide receiver. And 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 Belichick has on your. I've I've heard the interview and seen it on TV some years later. He credited. Uh, you credited Rick Goslin with at least turning them on to this player that they hadn't scouted yet.
0: Wow. well, was, you
1: know, one, of their, one of their great uh, – those, those slot receivers in, in, in New England were vital to that offense.
0: Right. Well, like I said, it started then, but it goes to now and this week. Right now, and this to me is a good draft. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, we will go back on this draft. Everybody talking about how this is a terrible draft, average draft, bad year for the Lions, have the number two pick. But is there ever really a bad year to have a number two pick? Because you're getting the second best player regardless if they're not – if they're, if, they're, if the draft is low, you're still going to get the second best player available to everybody. So, I, I don't believe there's a bad draft. I'm not – I'm just – that well, there may be more, more uh, star-studded drafts, but I guarantee you there will be a Hall of Famer in this draft. I guarantee you it might be well,
1: two. Well, it probably might be, but I'll just take it just a step further than, than that when you say the second best player. You have a second chance to pick the player you want, and it might not be the guy who's rated number two. It could be somebody rated four or five who fits what you do better. So you've got, in other words, you've got the whole board with only one, right. one player on right. the board. You're the, yeah, right. might, the guy who got taken, especially if it's a quarterback, might not be a guy that you exactly, anyway. Exactly, exactly. And so, no, so that's exactly. that standpoint, exactly. Having said all that, I think it, like, you know Aiden Hutchinson of uh, of the University of Michigan, the edge rusher is generally regarded as the top prospect in this draft. Some people look at, you know, Tavon Walker and, and and Thibodeau out of Oregon. But but also what you hear is that he would have been the 10th player in last year's draft. However, balancing that is you had three quarterbacks, was it four wide receivers, an offensive lineman in the top 10. So this is an entirely different draft, entirely different. This you know who the 9th or 10th player was in offense. the
0: 2011 draft?
1: Do I know who
0: it was? Yeah, the ninth or tenth yeah. or eleventh player was. It was J.J. Watt. Uh, so when you say the tenth player, and it might have been the tenth player in last year's draft, it could still be J.J. Watt. Right. You yeah, know, so that everybody's, been, yeah, yeah. so that. that it could have been Aaron Donald. Could have been Aaron Donald, or right, right, exactly. Right, exactly. So that, that those story, that, those are good for writing papers and, and discussing. And we're we'll going to get to Florio's idiotic uh, opinion that the the draft is unconstitutional and un-American. We'll get to that at the end, too, because Mike Flores is a yo-yo.
1: All of that has been taken to the Supreme Court. But, Mike, Mike,
0: his basis of his his philosophy is wrong. I'm going to tell you why. The NFL is, if you relate it to a corporation, the NFL is the corporation. The offices are the teams and cities. Those are like satellites of a corporation. So when a corporation tells you and hires you, they can put you in any city at of their offices they want or you don't take the job. It's the same as football. The corporation is the NFL. The corporation is not the team. So you can't say guys can go play where they want. They can play with them, but the league is the co- the league is the job.
1: Well, they also you, you don't have to play football.
0: Yeah, but I'm even if, <laughs> right, but even if you even if I go on the assumption you have to play. The league is the job, not the team is not the job. The team is an office of the job. The job is the NFL. IBM is NFL. The Detroit office of IBM is the Detroit Lions. The San Francisco office of IBM is the San Francisco 49ers. So what you're doing is the same as any corporation does. They hire you, and they tell you this is where you're going to work if you want the job. It's the exact same.
1: Well, you've gone a little deeper on this than I have. I know.
0: I know. But he just I, don't, I don't
1: disagree with you, though, but like I said – As as one of the previous commissioners once said in one of his press conferences, when they were talking about, I think it was Mike Williams and another young player uh, uh, wanting to enter the draft after two years, not three, all he said was that the Supreme Court has consistently upheld previous uh, 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 opinions. Whatever he called them. Not just opinions, but previously. uh, Statutes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, yeah. I'm to, I want the exact thing. Right, yeah. I understand what you're
0: saying. I understand what you're yeah. saying. All right, listen. Now we're not we're not gonna go down a different road. Now we're gonna get to where we got to get to. This is Lions football draft number two pick.
1: Okay, let's,
0: yes, it Can looks it, like I mean, in. This is, go go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say it looks like in the last couple of days the San Francisco. I mean the. the Jacksonville pick, I say San Francisco because of Trent Baalke being the GM, used to be San Francisco's GM. He's all over the place. And and if he if his deal was to make sure nobody knew what he was going to be drafting come draft week, he succeeded because there are so many rumors. and He's all off the place. Has He hasn't paid his hand yet to say where he's going. He said he's down to four players. And I believe they're trying to trade out. That's what I personally believe. But he's down to four players. So we just have to wait and see what Jacksonville does before the draft proceeds. But, like, they're not being a, a big quarterback or a big, you know, overall number one that everybody agrees on. This draft could go anywhere.
1: No, I would agree with you. And really in trying to predict this and all that, this has been one of the most, to me, one of the most befuddling drafts that I've, you know, in that regard. Because, look, I don't do this just to get clicks or anything like that. And most guys don't. You know, that's that's for other people, but I, I've had three different you know guys in the top slot. I started out with Aiden Hutchinson when I thought that the Jacksonville was locked in on an offensive lineman. and then my next next two mock drafts, it was the safety Kyle Hamilton of, of Notre Dame who I really do think is one of the two or three best players in the draft, but you might not get the value out of a safety that you would in another position. and then I'm finally locked in for somebody else on the one that's going to be published. On Detroit on on Wednesday, and none of these. I'm not trying to. You know, I'm not doing it for clicks. I'm trying to be right, and and I think I've got it right this time until what I heard this morning. Yeah, just, just do it <laughs> so for we, fun. There we are. I yeah.
0: know, doing it for right and whatever. Like I said, if you put a top ten in, if you get eight or nine of them right, you're doing good. And I just like I said, it's all for informational purposes to me because it, it, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter because once Thursday comes. There's going to be an order, and that's the order it was. So everybody everybody can speculate and think or whatever, but nobody knows, especially in this draft. So I'm just going to give you three or four players that will help the Lions that I want to see them at least consider. I won't be mad at either one of them.
1: Are you talking about it just in the first round?
0: Yeah, the first round. That's all. I'm On not, one, I can't go to the fourth round uh, comp, the third round comp pick. You know, I just have no interest in that at all. <laughs> Sorry, I just have no interest in that. And who who they going to get at pick number 97? Well, they were
1: interested to find out if they were going to get one. Well, I want the pick
0: for them yeah. to have, and they got their comp picks, but you know, I, I could care less who they put in it because I never heard of Tracy Walker before they drafted him. I never heard of a lot of these guys, third rounders and second rounders that they end up taking. You know, I never thought that they would be there or they were going to be the pick. The first round pick to me is the fun one because usually everybody who watches college football a little bit Knows about thirty players they've seen that some like and don't. So the name of a first-round pick you've heard before.
1: By the way, it was Commissioner Paul Tagliabue who said the Supreme Court has upheld previously negotiated uh, uh, agreements. You you still you're still going back to that. You just you you go get that
0: out. Regardless, you you will go get that out. 10 minutes ago, for those who heard this podcast, go back and where Mike started this. <laughs> go back and find out what he was saying. Because evidently, it's a must he gets out what the Commissioner existing, Taggartner was saying. He, he must get that out before this podcast is. All the right. Previously existing. Yes. Go ahead. And I <laughs> Just, let it go. Let it go, brother. Let it go. <laughs> so <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you guys I am want to stay away from and guys that I'm intrigued by, even not if they get drafted by the line. I'm intrigued by Daryl Stingley Jr., even though I wouldn't take him at number two as a corner. He was the best corner as a freshman on a championship team. And like I said, if guys that can't come out for another two years, if they want to slow it down, and then he got hurt too, but if they want to slow it down to make sure they're healthy by draft time, I don't blame them. He was the best player as a freshman on in as the cornerback. He was the best cornerback in the country as a freshman. And I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, You can talk about the kid from Detroit, Sauce Gardner. This kid, to me, he's going to be the best corner out of this draft.
1: Well, he's not going to be the first cornerback Uh, uh, draft.
0: Now, you don't know that. Say you think that. I do know that. No, you don't. No, you don't.
1: Listen, I think a Gardner has a chance to be a shutdown cornerback. I mean, a true, legitimate shutdown cornerback. He's 6'1", 191, I think it is. He's got 33-and-a-half-inch arms. He's got the big wind spread. He's he's, he's played some wide receiver that – Martin Luther King High School over here in, in near downtown Detroit. I think I think he's the number one number one quarterback, but we'll see. You know, we've got luck. We've got in the next uh, seventy eight hours, we'll
0: find mm-hmm. out who it is. We'll find out who it is. Now for the Lions, I'm not gonna. I, I'm back and forth on the league, Willis. You know, I, about five podcasts ago, I was all for it. Then four podcasts ago, I wasn't. Three podcasts ago, it was either way, and the last podcast, I I was I didn't want to take him, but if they took him, I, I'd be understanding and okay with it. Right now, Mike, I'm I'm not I'm not feeling it this week. I'm just not feeling it. I tried to talk myself into it, but for a rebuilding team, when you got three of the first thirty-four picks, I want to take three sure things. I don't want to take three guesses. I want to take three sure things, as sure well, as you I- can get. I mean, as sure as you can get.
1: In two of my mock drafts, my mock draft two and three, I had him going to the Detroit Lions at 32. I can't do that anymore. I, I don't I don't agree with myself. Now, if he's still there on the board at 32 and they take him, I wouldn't go crazy. I'd say, okay, because I think he's the only quarterback in this draft who has legitimate upside. I think mean, most of the guys are. They, either they're not good enough or they already are what they are. And that's, you know, like, like Pickett from the University of Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh University, look, he's a five-year player, very productive his fifth year, and he should have been. He had five years to figure it out, and his fifth year he hit, and pretty good his fourth year too, Kitty. But it just it doesn't move me. Now, no. When we talk about we talk about he could, uh, if this kid could come in as a leader, no, he can't. No. He's not going to walk into an NFL huddle and start to lead from day no, one. No. Look how long it took Matthew Stafford to right. click, okay? But this is, I don't mean it didn't take him 13 years, but right. he, okay.
0: But this is also, Mike, what I don't get. And this is where Malik, Malik Willis, I've fallen off on him too. They say these guys need a couple more years to get ready to play pro. A lot of these Desmond Ryder, him, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, these guys need more time. But Willis, it was a four-year college guy. He was. He, this is like his fifth year. He, he was at Auburn for two years. So, after four years, if you haven't got it by then, what makes you think in two more years you're gonna be ready? So, I don't know when the, you're gonna be ready. So that 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 threw me off. Like if he was a second a second year, you know, a second year player, he redshirted his first year and played two or played one, and then went to the pros. Okay, I can say he needs more
1: time. But he was in a college for four years. And, and, you know, that's a pointer and you didn't say this, but I, I think you'd agree with me on this. The fact that he didn't play on Sunday a lot, okay, that's not that's not a positive for him. But he's in there practicing every day. He's looking at – he's doing everything except playing on Sunday. So, especially at Auburn, he had access, he had experience right. to one of the big-time programs. Right, so if you're not ready country. after four, then what makes you think of yeah, another year? There's a reason he left. Now, look, look, turn around the other way and say, look at Joe Burrow. But he left – Ohio State because it just was they'd settled on somebody else and he went you know down to LSU and had one of the best one of the best seasons yeah but the, if Joe in, Burrow wouldn't have had that year at in the LSU in the history of college football. right but
0: if Joe Burrow would have left Ohio State went to LSU and had a mediocre year like Willis had this year he wouldn't have been the number one pick
1: right and I don't I don't see t- what is it, 26 touchdowns and, and 14 interceptions I don't see that as tearing the roof off. No. Either. I just, when and I watched him in a in – but I, but I like his potential.
0: I like his potential for years, but not as a first-round or second-round pick to me. When I saw him play Eastern Michigan, my alma mater. Yeah. He, he They scored 56 points, so it's not like they didn't score any points. But I just – you know, sometimes you see it. The first time I saw Stafford at Georgia, I remember I called you. I said,
1: yep. man,
0: this guy, this guy's got it. I don't know who he is, but this guy's got it. I, it just doesn't come off the plate with me with uh Willis like that. the only quarterback I saw this year that I said that I said hmm about in college and I watch a lot of college games was Sam Howe. I just thought he was in a bad team in North Carolina. Carolina. I just thought he was in yeah, a bad yeah. team, but he did some hmm stuff to me. But you yeah. know, he's short, he's not that, you know, his arm is good but not great. So he's that's why he's falling but if of all the quarterbacks, he's the only one that I even stopped for a second. Mm, that was good. Mm, that was a good play. Mm, that was good. So if they want to come back to a quarterback later on in the draft, I'm fine with it. But, Mike, to me, you take your combination two, 34, and 32, and whatever trades you make to add more picks in there, and you set your tone up with last year's draft and those three plus whatever number you trade for, if, it's, if it turns out to be five picks out of that three you make it or whatever, that should be the core of your team of your young team going forward the core
1: yeah i don't want to beat this to death but just one more thing and this is this is on on, uh excuse me on his behalf is on, on willis's behalf is that i watched his pro day on tv and he looked completely comfortable smiling you know kind of joking with a couple of guys you know interchanging back and forth with him didn't look like it was too big. He didn't look like a guy who was, you know, just so tight that he couldn't function. And I thought that was a good sign. Now it doesn't make him the first pick in the draft, and it doesn't guarantee anything. But it just showed to me that he sort of got that, you know that feel for being being the quarterback. I mean, look, quarterback is more than just a position. It's it's a it's an occupation, and he looks to me like a kid who could have the occupation. Yeah,
0: and I don't think the Lions are gonna get a shot at him at 32. I just think he's no. gonna go. In the teens, if not six, I don't see Carolina taking them as six though. Because the no, more I think about I it, Carolina, think. Yeah. Uh, I think they're gonna trade for Garoppolo. I, th- I just think they're gonna get a a, a, a seasoned quarterback,
1: and they're not gonna, well, they're gonna they gonna do something else. should do, but I just think that they're so desperate And if, you know what. Coaching staff can buy themselves some time if they, if they draft him under the premise, which is likely that he needs time to develop. So
0: yeah. well, we'll, see. we'll see. Okay, so Mac, Mike, who do you have? Um, okay, just let's just for the sake of giggles and stuff, say that Walker or Equano goes – equi- is it Equano? Is that how you Iquano. pronounce it? Equano. Yeah. Goes one goes one, one of those two goes one, the way they're talking now, Walker or Equano. you got a choice between Hutchinson, Thibodeau – and Walker, or just say Hutchinson, Thibodeau, just say Hutchinson, Thibodeau, else, right. say Hutchins, Thibodeau and, and everybody else, what do you do with that well, pick without a trade down?
1: I, without a trade down, I would take Thibodeau. I just think there's more upside there. I think he's a little more athletic. I think he's built for that position to be an edge rusher. I didn't watch a lot of Michigan football, unlike the rest of the people in southeastern South Michigan. Supposedly everybody watches Michigan, and I like Hutchinson. I like him a lot. I just think that – I think – I agree with what Daniel Jeremiah said about him. You know, he works for the NFL Network and NFL.com, and I listened to one of his, really, an in-depth uh, summation of uh, reference of, uh, of Hutchinson. That he's got, he he has a high floor. He does not have a high ceiling, and by that he means is he's basically what you see is what you're going to get. Now, even though he, he rates him as the number one prospect in this draft. He said he's going to be a guy who gets you 10, 11, 12 sacks a year. He's never going to be a 20-sack guy. Well, okay. Now, can you beat that with somebody else in this draft? In other words, if that's the most anybody in this draft can give you, then okay. Then he's the best in a position of need. But I think he can get more out of that out of Thibodeau. I just think he's a little bit, little better athletically. and I think he's more explosive in the first step and all that.
0: Yeah, I'm taking Hutchinson for another reason before Thibodeau, and mine is that say both at their peak, if they do what they what I think they're going to do, I think both are going to be fine right. players. I just think um, Thibodeau's more of the Von Miller type, where it's just all pass rush, and you know the run defense is not where Hutchinson right. is. Hutchinson is a six, 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 seven guy. I just like that on that end, and to me, I want everything he gives. He might not be the better of the two pass rushers. But I think between pass rush and play to run and stay on the field all three downs, he's the better player. So, I'm taking Hutchinson. And plus, I, it, you can't lose either way. But I'm just taking Hutchinson for the Lions, for the team they're putting together now because I think Ak- um, Akura – I'm saying he's right. I get all these names mixed up. Romeo Orm- Roman his, his brother. His yeah. brother. Yeah. I think they can – they're closer to what Thibodeau is. And Hutchinson could be the guy that they have that's – the bigger guy that can rush the pass. So I'm taking him just on he can do it a little more. He, may not be, he might not get as many sacks, but if he's getting constant pressure and he's doing things in the field and he's he's a, a menace on that side of the field, then I want that. And if he's a, a leader amongst men, which he is, and they follow him and the attitude, all that together, I just think he's the better overall player. But if, if you took Thibodeau, I wouldn't be mad at it either because I think Thibodeau is the more talented athlete of the two.
1: Well, at six six and three quarters versus six four for uh, for Thibodeau, he certainly does bring size in that regard. I think, and he's got the wingspan too. He doesn't have big hands, but I think he's got the wings. I think he can bat down passes and all that, which adds to you know he can disrupt the passing lanes probably more than most guys in this right, draft. So right. I don't think it's a bad pick. Look, I'm splitting hairs here. Yeah, yeah, you can't uh, go wrong either way to me.
0: Can't go wrong. Yeah, you can go wrong I, by I, taking some of these other bums, but don't. Can't go wrong with those
1: two. Well, not bums, but,
0: but there are some bums in that in that draft somewhere. No, I'm not but talking. I just
1: I just cannot get I cannot get heated up on Trayvon, Trayvon Walker. No, even though I even though I've got him one of my top five picks in the draft, but I see nine sacks in 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 his career. Six of them his senior year. Well, see his third year at Georgia. I just I don't quite get it. No, you know? and plus. I don't
0: get a, this is the one nobody will ever answer the question well the coaches wanted didn't want wanted to play him stand up and play him over the top blah blah blah, blah. I'm like if the coaches thought he was their best pass rusher wouldn't he wouldn't the coach have you rush the passer you have three years to prove it yeah but I'm saying the coach knows what you're good at if you were good at that he would not play you there he would do if you're if you are that superior physically he would have you all at that position. He would have you rushing. He would have you just going. So there's a difference between the workout and on the field. And he's not a bad player on the field. I'm just saying he's not. He's just not going to develop into a 20 sack guy just because he got pro coaching. Uh, if, if you hadn't seen it to now, then you're probably not going to see it. And he'll be a good player. Whoever gets it, I'm not going to deny him. He'll be a good player. But I think those other two are just a notch above, and I'd take one of those two. Now, if Jacksonville, who's done dumb stuff before takes him, then that's on them.
1: No, I don't. I I do not. I do not disagree with you at all. All
0: right, now for okay, just say they take a defensive end in their first pick. Then you go all the way down to 32. There's two scenarios here, Mike. I want to know what you think. Do you package 32 and 34, or 32 in a second round pick, and try to move up, or do you just stay put and take the two players?
1: I plan on staying put and take the two players until something better comes along. And if there's a just now a what does that ball, mean? Well, it could be like this. I mean, they got to be a, a, a realistic – something you can get realistically. In other words, you might not want to move up to five and, and give up three draft picks to do it. But if it's somewhere in the mid-range there, you know, like, for example, if Jermaine Johnson of, uh, slides down a little bit, there's a guy who's highly – I mean, highly, highly regarded uh, as an edge rusher. Would you be surprised if they took him in two? No, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I, I don't – I would not be shocked.
0: Okay. I just want to know because uh, his name no. has been floating around the periphery like for the last – since the Senior Bowl, basically. Look,
1: Kenny, look, this is a, this is a defense-oriented draft. I and mean, you look at the top 15 prospects, you know, that most people have them rated that way. 11 of them are, de- are defensive players, and two of them are offensive linemen. Only two of them are offensive players. Right. not Yeah, offensive skill players. Well, well
0: since yeah. you brought that up Dan, let me ask you this. I, I asked you the question about taking the two picks. Are you okay with three defensive players being taken by the Lions? Just say to keep the three picks. Or would you want to see them take an offensive player and one of those three picks?
1: If they're the, if they're, if they're the three highest-rated players on their board and at and, and the positions they need, and they really they need a linebacker, pass rusher, and, and a safety, You know, another defensive back. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Look, in 1981, as you remember, 1981 San Francisco 49ers added three defensive backs to their defense. And they went from six wins to thirteen and three and won the Super Bowl. So you draft player, and one of those, of course, was you know one of the all-time greats. But 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 if that's if that's what's out there and that's what you need, go ahead and take it. Yeah,
0: different game back then, but I agree with what you're saying about taking what's good for you. Different game.
1: You take what's good for you. Yeah.
0: Um, I still think I would like to see them take a receiver one of those two And I don't I have a problem, I don't have a problem at all if they get the 32 and somebody wants that pick and they get another pick either next year or in the third round, maybe a third round and next year and move down 10 or 12 spots because if there are four players left when they get the 32 that they really want. They know they're going to get one of them. Right. So you they got a, they got a choice to play with. And I I want them to take advantage of that. But if there's like two guys they want they got to have, and there's four guys between 32 and 34, and there's four guys, and they, they need two of them regardless, then go ahead and take them.
1: Look, there's a couple of good safety prospects. It could be the 32, Daxon Hill, and, and Lewis Seen of uh, Georgia. Hill's a Michigan player. Look, I'd be happy with either one of those if I were, if I were the Detroit Lions. And yeah, if there's an offer to, you're getting up and there's, and there's an offer to trade, then go ahead and do it.
0: I'm not a fan of the second round of safety for one reason. I thought they should have won and got a safety and free agency besides the Elliott kid. I thought they should have got one to start. I'm just not a fan of a rookies' second-round safeties. I'm, unless, Oh, well, I got I'll a question for you, Mike. Since you love Hamilton so much, would you take 32 and 34 and move back up if Hamilton was there?
1: Yes, I would, absolutely, in, mm-hmm. a, in a moment.
0: Because if he falls past you know, 10, 11.
1: In fact, you know what, I just did it. That's all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you came out oh, of the I draft would, for yeah. the first three, the first two rounds, with Hamilton and say Thibodeau, or Hamilton and and Hutchinson, I call that an A. Day. I'm, I mean, you good to go with me coming into the third round?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was no, just I, are, I, a, a wish yeah, list. I, I, I do that in a minute. So, yeah. all
0: right. So we got that going. Um, so, anything you want to talk about between the, any other position? You want to talk about them going for? before friday's over saturday to me is a a hosh posh those are guys that you hope to get a couple of guys out there but to me thursday and friday of the draft are the key to the development for the season and i'm gonna tell you this and i was telling mike i told you this earlier the development between the rookies last year and this year is going to be more key to how good the lions are this year than this rookie class is this year i just think the jump from your first or second year is where guys make those big jumps. And those players are the ones that's going to dictate if you become a better team. This year, you'll well, get a yeah. little help out of them. But, you know, the big jump is that first or second year.
1: Well, they've got a feel for where they stand in the league. There's players in the league. They really do. They kind of understand things. And, and you know, they're not wide-eyed, which is nothing wrong with that. But, you know, they kind of settle into the routine of playing pro football. And that's, that's, that's a benefit to them. And, look, that's the – Sometimes the most important thing for a rookie is that it helps him the most is for his rookie season to end, so he can <laughs> sit down and take a deep breath and right. get ready for the next year. Right, he can try, he, he doesn't worry about a season.
0: combine workout and working out just right. for a combine. He actually works on his football skills and what he needs to improve on. That's why I said that first. Look over history; the the, the big jump when teams make that move is when those rookies get into their second year. That's no, when you agree. make the
1: move. Unless it's, unless it's, a, unless it's a running back. Or, yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, always a
0: superstar, like a Barry Sanders. or something. I'm just talking about overall right. draft classes, your overall class. You know, remember Cliff Averill went, didn't start off as a great player. Rayola didn't start his first year. You know, these guys, you know, they, they became these players after, you know, that first year was over.
1: You're talking about second and third round picks. Yeah, that's what I'm talking I about. That's what I'm talking but about. But let's you. know, let's look back a, a year ago, though, back-to-back picks the land, in the fourth round. The Lions got a wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown. From Southern Cal, and then uh, was it uh, Pitts? Was it uh, Penn Barnes? Uh, no, Purdue. I'm sorry, Barnes. Yeah. Barnes. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they got you know one a surefire starter, and the other, I think Barnes is a, he's he's a, a at the very least he's got a chance, a uh, depth player, rotation right, you know, player, but he's got a chance. He's, he's got, got a, chance, a chance, chance to be a good solid player. He's got a chance, but I'm and,
0: the second round pick is the one I think you're going to see the big jump from this year. A name that I'm I would refuse Rusky. to pronounce. A name that I refuse to pronounce. The D tackle, that's right, out of Washington.
1: Well, I thought, I thought, I thought, I don't think it got into the sixth and seventh rounders of what they did, but I, well, I don't think they had picks of that either. But I just think that he might have been the most disappointing draft pick they had because you really didn't get much out of him. But he certainly, you know, he had ability. He He was hurt, though.
0: And he came in with the back. He missed most of the camp. And he, uh, and like Dan said, he got a few plays out of him this year, Campbell said, but I didn't expect much. But, he said what he's seen so far he likes and I I have seen the kid play and I think I think you're going to be surprised by him this year. That's just that's my guy. Right. I'm focusing on him because I think that I know what he can do if he's playing the way he should play and if his head is right. It, this is when him and McNeil you'll see them develop into those players I was talking about. Okay. All right Mike, so my we're going to we're going to pick it up again. We're going to have a podcast again Friday before okay. the second round. We'll probably do a short one. And then we'll do the wrap-up on that Monday. So I'm giving you the schedule so you guys can check us out because we're going to cover this. And we're not covering it the geek way either. We're going to cover it the way I think people would like to hear about the draft. The way you know, you know we, cover it. Yeah, we're not going to do <laughs> mock draft you to death and do all this in-depth instruction because, like I said, we know about as much as the regular person knows. We may, may know a few more things, but we're not scouts. We can only tell you things we hear and things that – you can see, and I'm not, we're not trying to be the boss. We're not trying to be the only ones that do it, but I think you'll like the way we're going to cover this.
1: Well, and when you say uh, looking at film and all that, studying all that, scouts, Bill Kotobin, who was like basically the assistant general manager here for a couple of years, once said there's a big difference between watching film and studying film, and he was absolutely right. That's right.
0: All right, Mike, so when is your mock draft coming out?
1: Uh, it comes out uh, on detroitlions.com on Wednesday morning.
0: Wednesday. And when is your media yeah. mock, media mocks coming out?
1: I'm not sure, it's either, it's either Tuesday or Thursday, I'm not positive. Right. That's, I think about our 7th or 8th one in there some.
0: When well, a media takes picks including, on who? Including,
1: including by you, you, you yourself.
0: That's right. And that's right because I got a secret a number of, sec- I, a I got a secret pick. second round pick that nobody's talking about. So, we had a
1: good good response again this year. That's fun to do. All right. It's sort of like me trying to talk about Paul Tagliabue and pre-existing collective bargain yeah, agreements.
0: Exactly. All well, right. got it right. And I did say we're going to take a minute, five minutes. We're only going to take one minute now. Let's talk about the accomplishment of Miguel Cabrera's 3,000 hit and why well, I think it wasn't you know as big as it should have been. I just think that um, baseball needs to get back with some of these younger fans. And to me, the numbers in baseball are sacred. And 3,000 hits you may never see for a while. They, I was looking at a list today. They said Altuve may be the next one. And that's a long time away. He's got about 10 years away from trying to do it. So, it's the well, last might, one you're going to see not. for a while. Yeah, right. And Robinson look, look, Cano is 39. He has about 300 hits to go. He, he ain't going to make it. So
1: Well, look at look at the injuries that, that Miggy overcame to continue playing. Right,
0: right. He and missed
1: almost, almost a full season one time. Exactly. Jeez, oh, man. So, here's the other thing, too. That that was a moment in time that you'll – what you saw you won't see it again.
0: Yep, yep. And like I said – You saw it or you didn't see it. And that's a big deal, man, 3,000 hits. And they showed his first at bat. I think his first at bat – I don't know if his first at bat was Clemens, but Clemens was brushing him back and he hit a home run off of him. Uh, That might have been his first at bat. He didn't hit him. He just brushed him off and then he – he blasted I a he homer. Hit him in the head. No, he didn't hit him. I they showed he- it. They showed on the, the Network over the weekend, and he, okay. Mickey stared him down, and then he blasted a homer off of him. And Mickey looked yeah. about 150 pounds. It was great. Yeah. It was great. So anyway, it was a great thing for Mickey, a great accomplishment. Like I said, I was old enough. I was a real little kid, but I remember Al Kaline getting three thousand. So I've seen two of them in my lifetime, and uh, that's pretty cool.
1: I think her, I think I heard Kaline's on the radio. I don't think I saw it.
0: Well, I mean, when I say yeah. saw it, basically that, or the well, game no, was, televised. The, yeah. the, the, was, was televised. Yeah, I don't remember what was televised or not. It was in
1: Baltimore, yeah. and I think, yeah. I, I think I heard it on the radio. I think it was. I uh, think I
0: watched it. I think George Cal was, back
1: to you, Eli! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, think about it. It's been 40, 48 years since it had another one.
0: Yeah, yeah, they Here just don't come D-day. along. They just don't come Look,
1: along. Right, no, they don't. It's sort of like Haley's Comet. Exactly. <laughs> All,
0: right. All right, well, join us on the next edition of the k Podcast for Michael here and Ken Brown. We're out of here.